so tonight we're going to be talking about our old and fairly well-known friend, Chaos. Or maybe you know this friend by their other name, stress, anxiety, or hot ball of mess, you know, the list goes on. Chaos is something that each of us live with daily. Um, you know, with assignments, but chores to do, or COVID-19 can cause chaos. A complete disorder and confusion. That's actually the definition of the word chaos. Apparently every good sermon has one, so there's mine. I've definitely had chaotic moments in my life. I have two jobs, so one here at church, and I'm a casual childcare worker. So both with children, very chaotic, um, but I love it. Uh, but seriously, I actually do have a lot of chaotic moments in my life. A never-ending blur of stress and anxiety with uni, and I'm responsible for myself, I live by myself, and crazy big list of other things. And so, how do we find comfort in this? What do we do? How can we even think of a world where all these crazy things are happening that we can actually find comfort? When Eamon and I first started hanging out, I would ask him things like, would you still like me if I was a worm? You know, all the, all the normal things you ask someone as you're trying to get to know them. He said yes, by the way, we are still dating. So, um, <laughs> And so I would ask him things about his beliefs and what he was like as a kid, his most challenging times in life, lots of things. They were all about me getting to know Eamon and seeing if he was someone I could date, but also seeing if he was someone that I could actually trust in my life. And through all these thousands of questions and hangouts, um, I did realize I could trust Eamon. And this trust is still growing, but the more I grow in this, the more I have confidence in our relationship and in him as a person. And our relationship with God is similar. Well, of course, God would still love us if we were worms. Um, you know, we still need to get to know him. And that's through relationship, through coming to church, worshiping, all the list of things, and reading the Bible. The more we realize God's character is trustworthy, the more we can actually grow in our comfort in him and our trust in him. The more we realize that God loves us, the more we can live abundantly in that. We can grow in our comfort in him through the crises of life. And God has a character we can live by. And we see this character in Psalm 23. So if you have your Bibles, I welcome you to bring that out or on your phones um, or it's on the screen. I'll read it out to you now. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me all along the right paths for his name's sake. For though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23, if you didn't know, was written by a man named David. Apparently it's a pretty decent name. We have two on staff here. So um, this is actually a personal psalm of David's, David's testimony. We can see that, the, uh, we can see that this is his testimony because um, of all the first-person references. You lead me by um, still waters as I walk through the valley. I will fear no evil. This testimony shows us how David really believes these things about God's character. That, and David knows this because he's seen it through relationship and experienced God in these wonderful ways. And so let's see what this character is, how we can live by it. 
And the way we're going to do this is sort of breaking up the psalm a little bit. Um, and so first we're going to read verses 1 to 3. So I'll read that now. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. We start by seeing God's character described as a shepherd. Then it talks of the provision given by the shepherd and the pathway guided by him. Now, when we think about shepherds, we don't really think about them restoring souls, do we? Kind of maybe feeding the sheep, and that's probably about it. Maybe wearing some sort of weird gown. Um, And they provide food and shelter, maybe a square gate home to keep the sheep safe. But that's sort of all for the shepherd's sake, isn't it? You know, maybe um, I'm going to sell the sheep later so I need to keep it safe or I'm going to shave its wool to keep me warm. It's very owner-orientated. I have these sheep because of X, Y, Z, and I give them their basic needs so they can fulfill mine. But God goes beyond that in his shepherding duties because his provision isn't just basic needs and it isn't for financial gain or to keep him warmth. He provides rest and peace in the form of making us lie down in green pastures and leading us besides quiet waters and then restoring our souls, guiding us on the right paths, which is something real sheep sort of don't really need because they live a pretty lax life. Um, But this is something we need and we can actually receive from God as it is in his character. But how do we receive these things? I'm going to tell you a little story. When COVID first affected my life, it was in 2020, around March, I was living in sort of like a granny flat situation with my uncle and his family, uh, and then he had asked me to move out. Um, He wanted to look after, in his own words, his own kettle of fish, meaning his children. He's very Australian. Um, And at this time, I didn't have a job, and I didn't like the idea of moving six hours back to my mum's house, but I just had to. I had nowhere else to go, nowhere else suitable to go. And so I called my mum and I was like, what am I going to do? And uh, her first reaction was worrying about me paying board and rent and getting Centrelink. And this was not the reaction I was looking for from my mum. I was very lost. I prayed, I cried, I definitely swore, and my heart was broken due to the treatment I had received from my family. I felt like I was in pure chaos. I was worried I'd have nowhere to live. And the worst part is, is that I absolutely suck asking for help. So, you know, while I have an amazing church family that supported me in prayer, um, I wouldn't have been able to receive, receive anything more. And so I called my dad and, you know, I'm crying to him and he offered me to live with him right here in Brisbane. But I was worried about this opportunity because my dad suffers from uh, major mental health issues and his lifestyle shows this. I told my dad I was worried about living with him, which he actually took really well. Um, Not a lot of people would. And he didn't shut me out. What he did is he bought some cleaning products, invited me over his house. We blasted some music and cleaned up the whole place. And then he took me on a shopping spree to get ready my room. And yeah, it it was a really great time with my dad. And he made the path clear for me. While this time was not restful, I was still worried about my relationship with my mom and how long was I going to live with my dad and COVID and all these other sorts of things. I knew that at least someone had some sort of idea of a basic plan for me. 
meaning my anxiety could get turned down just a notch. I looked up to my dad and I trusted his guidance, his plan, and I accepted his gift of a home. We all have chaotic moments, even in the right paths that God leads us on, and life just happens. But when we know that our God, our shepherd, wants us to rest and have peace by looking up to him, knowing that there's some sort of plan, we can have comfort in him. We can remember that while chaos is happening, we have an opportunity to be taken care of. So we have God, our shepherd. Then we move on to God, our companion. And so this is in verse four. Let's read. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. When we read this verse, we see that even though we walk through the darkest valley, even though life is chaos, we have God's rod and staff comforting us. Now, if you don't sort of know the difference between these two things, it should be up here on the screen. Um, yep. And so I can't really picture these sort of things, like hugging them, like wouldn't be too comfortable when I'm walking in the like darkest valley. Would it be too great? So how are they meant to bring us comfort? Um, first, we need to look at how the shepherd uses these tools. A shepherd uses his staff to lean upon when walking for rest um, during a long shift of looking after his herd. The curly part of the staff can be used to grab the sheep, often by the neck, um, to bring them away from harm or if the sheep are going in the wrong direction. The shepherd uses his rod to protect the sheep from other animals. Um, he can, you know, fight them off. And it's also been uh, as a used of counting the sheep as well. He'll prod each sheep, ensuring that they are all there and safe. It's kind of like what teachers do in like a line of kids, like a head count. The shepherd uses these tools because he knows that his sheep are dependent on him for direction and protection. The sheep need to be led by the staff, and when our shepherd rests on his staff, we too can rest. We can also be protected by his rod. And so how does this help us in our valleys? For me, one of my darkest valleys was when we, Eamon and I, we weren't dating yet, but every time we hung out, he'd say, Deanna, I'm getting closer to asking you to be my girlfriend. And then it would be like a month, and he wouldn't ask me out, and I'm like, I'm dressing up pretty for like a month. What am I meant to do? Seriously, there's only so many outfits I have. Um, and you might be thinking, Deanna, is one of your darkest valleys seriously boy problems? Um, yes, uh, but that was because I have a past, like most here. My past contained sexual abuse and unhealthy sexual relationships. And this is stuff I wanted to share with Eamon, but I was not sure when. And so every time he sort of brought up being close to asking me out, I would freak out. I'd have major anxiety and I'd become disorientated for about a week. There was a song by a Christian artist called Ali Page, highly recommend, um, which is called Still. And it's all about God stilling hearts, calming hearts, and how God was right here with me. I listened to that song over and over again, and I asked for God's rod of protection against my fear, I asked for his staff to bring me rest, I asked for God's timing, I asked for the words to communicate to Amen, who I really cared for, but I was afraid, and I was afraid of being hurt and rejected. Through Eamon showing me his loving and accepting character, which I'm sure you all have seen if you know Eamon really well, I told him it was really hard and my anxiety did not make it any easier. But I walked through the valley 
And now this doesn't mean that the valley doesn't still affect my life today. It just means that whenever I do walk through this valley, I have a companion, someone to talk it through, someone to stand by me, to hold my hand, to comfort me, to love me so that I know that I'm safe. When I was looking at this verse, we have an amazing gift from our shepherd of protection, rest, and comfort, but even more than that, a promise to walk through the valley. The valleys can seem like long seasons, and a lot of people here have had worse valleys than myself, but God promises that he is with us, our companion on our travels through it to hold our hand. In this way, we shall have no fear, like it also promises God cares about our valleys, and he's involved in them as well. We can put our trust in our companion, and then our valleys, well, they might become a little less dark, and at least we have someone to talk to, knowing we're loved and safe. And then we move on to God the host. And so that's in verses five to six. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, as if we didn't have like enough chaos in our life that we have to have dinner in the presence of our enemies. So let's explain this a little bit. Um, God preparing a feast is a great honor and we can see this in the anointment of oil which is used in great feasts. And our enemies are those who go against us and against God, so not nice people. And then our cup overflows. God gives us what we need abundantly. And then we get another promise, a promise of goodness and love to follow us all the days of our life and a promise of a home. Now, I don't know if anyone here, has anyone had a feast prepared for them? Anyone? Okay, I definitely have. I've definitely had a feast prepared for me um, by Eamon's grandma. Uh, her name's Joan, she's a babe, love her. Uh, she, whenever she invites the family over for lunch, she cooks, it's huge. It's, I, always, I always feel like it's massive. And there's always leftovers for everyone and everyone's sort of invited. And it's just, it's an amazing time. And she's also a great cook, so that's why it's also amazing. She always ensures you're satisfied and everyone's dietary needs are met as well. She invites everyone inside her house, even strangers. And God wants us at his table to anoint us with oil. And this isn't a simple breakfast, but a feast. Often when Joan invites people over and when it's their birthdays, you know, they have their little napkins and their favorite color and their favorite meal or whatever it is. It's to honor that person. And God wants to also lavish on us as sinners in his home we shall dwell god is a gracious host giving us life in his home tonight we while we may be in chaos sort of now or later it's, it's going to happen unfortunately we have got our shepherd our companion and our gracious host we see the shepherd protects us, his roles in our lives to restore our souls, to, be go, to go beyond our shepherding duties and to bring us peace. We see our companion as we walk through the valleys to help us, to keep us safe. 
and our gracious host once again providing for us a home honoring us sinners at his table. I kept having this image throughout this sort of whole passage of this sheep, you know, walking down on its, you know, little hooves or whatever, and, but it was, you know, walking and it was looking beyond the shepherd or, you know, worried about the next step or seeing that the grass is greener over the other side, so the sheep's going to go there or, you know, maybe the shepherd even walks the sheep through the valley, you know, knows that the sheep can do this, but the sheep says, mm I'm not going to go there and walks away because ultimately the sheep trusts in its own strength. But we see in this passage one big promise, one big summary of it, from the shepherd to his sheep. Stay by me and it'll be okay. This is the testimony of David, his truest belief in the character of God. And this isn't just head knowledge that David has that's like, great, you know, so cool. But it's actually heart knowledge that David lives his life by. And so how do we do this? How do we live our life by our great shepherd? I've talked over the sermon, and sorry, I'm going to invite the band up now. Um, I've talked over the sermon about how I learned to trust Amon. This talk took inviting him into my life and him inviting me into his life and, you know, all those sorts of things, asking if he'd like me if I was a worm, all that sort of stuff. Um, And we can do this with God as well. Let's look for ways this week to spend time with our God and remind ourselves of who he is and what his promises are. We can remind ourselves by you know, simply reading this passage, you know, you can write it on your phone as a reminder or sometimes I do affirmations and I'll write it on a piece of paper and stick it up somewhere. And I know sometimes that a reminder isn't the best way to, you know, it's not going to change your heart instantly. You know, I have reminders on my phone about taking vitamins, which I never do. Um, But soon it will seep into your heart. In Kids Church, uh, we have this thing called a memory verse. And so over the series, we give them this memory verse and we play games with them and all this other sorts of stuff. And it's really fun. Um, And it's not just to sort of fill the time or fill the gaps in Kids Church, but it's so that when they do go through their valleys, God's word is not only with them, but in them, in their lives that they can live by. And we can do the same. We can remember that God is our shepherd, our great companion, our host by an array of things to live our lives by. And that way we can find comfort in the chaos. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much that you are with us through everything. You're here to protect us, to give us rest and peace. God, I pray that we do look to you and we can Take our head knowledge into heart knowledge, Father. Help us this week chase after you and remember who you are. In your name, amen.